microconf on air. And you know what's funny is I have in my notes to call out how real life this is. <laughs> Welcome. My wife is walking down the stairs, just finishing a webinar on her own. Yeah, we're going to be doing. Um, I want to keep them tight to a few minutes uh, or less. As, as I've just said, I have a wife here. I have three kids. People are running around. You will likely hear noises and, and see kids walking on camera. Um, but I'm pretty stoked to do this. It's a, it's a new format. It's experimental. And it's something that, that you know, at MicroConf, we decided to do to, to bring people together, right? To, because we're all kind of isolated in our houses. I think most of us, um, you know, in the U.S. and, and a lot of us in, in Europe and other parts of the world are confined right now. So I um, went out on a, on a little drive to the store yesterday with one of my sons. And it's like, you know, one in, it's like 10% uh, of the traffic that's normally out there and, you know, half the shelves are, are empty. So it, we just live in, in interesting times. And I would say, um, you know, there, there's a lot of stress in the air and I, I almost feel like we probably need maybe 30 minutes of distraction a day. Um, the other 23 and a half hours, we can think about our work and about how we're in our house for the next three or four weeks, some of us with, with kids around. But for this 30 minutes a day, I just want to be together with other founders. Um, and so today, it's just going to be me. We, it was short notice. Xander and I, producer Xander and I literally just had a... If you're not in MicroConf Connect, which is our, our Slack group, um, you're going to want to get in there, microconfconnect.com. That is how you can start um, asking questions and interacting here. The questions I'll be reading, that's what, that's what I'll be monitoring here. Other days, I'm going to bring guests on. We are going to talk about how to cope with it, how to deal with your family and your own internal pressures, and just, just dealing with the stress of it and staying sane while it all, all happens. And then uh, having my you know podcast co-host emeritus, Mike Tabor, on for happy hour on Friday, and that show will be a little later in the afternoon. But again, it'll be 30 minutes. It'll be casual, good conversations. And then next week, I'll bring other guests on who are you know a lot of uh, former micro, you know, microcom speakers from last year, and we will give you a heads up in advance. You can watch their videos, and then we can have conversations about it, ask questions, and all that that kind of stuff. The other thing that I haven't announced yet is we are planning on recording these and stripping the audio and turning it into a podcast, such that if you miss one. Um, or two, you can you know listen to them in an audio format. So I've been working on that feed right now, um, using Castos, and I have a logo designed, and I'm hoping to have that up and running here in the next uh, day or two. So before I dive in, I want to give special thanks to our headline partners, Microconf's headline partners for the year, Stripe and Basecamp. Uh, we super appreciate their support and love uh, you know love being able to work with them on all of this. So with that, I am going to dive into Slack. There are no, <laughs> no questions in the Slack channel. All right, so either, either everyone, um, no one watched the video or I answered all the questions already. So what I've decided to do is either ask myself questions or start telling jokes. And trust me, you really, you don't, you don't want the jokes. You're gonna wanna get questions in there. If you're in uh, MicroConf Connect, you can head to, hi Felix, you can uh, head into, it. And people started, um, yeah, people started pouring in. Yeah, yeah, actually, that's a good point. So producer Xander just slacked me and said, hey, give, a, give an overview of the talk in case, um, in case people haven't watched it. So in essence, this talk, let's see, I have some notes here. Yeah, so in essence, the, this talk is like the culmination of drip. So it, the talk is called 11 Years to Overnight Success from Beach Towels to a Successful Exit. And 
it starts by talking a little bit about, you know, Drip starting in late 2012, launched in 2013, found product market fit in 2014. Uh, 2015 was a year of growth and incredible amounts of stress. And I was burning out um, and started getting acquisition offers as well as funding offers. And Derek, my co-founder Derek and I had a lot of conversations about whether we should take funding or consider selling the company. And then we sold Drip in uh, midway through 2016. And that, th this talk was the, yeah, that was 2016. Yeah, th I think this talk was the following April. So it was about seven or eight months later. And it was my reflection on the, the entire sale process, my thought process behind it, and talking about how stressful and how long it took to actually sell this company. Because I had always, you know, we hear these, these, these tales of, of selling uh, Instagram in a weekend, you know, to Mark Zuckerberg for a billion dollars. And your, your perception of startup acquisitions and, and sales, they, they get warped. And mine from the first email to the sale was 13 months. And from the time where it was pretty heavy negotiations until it closed was about six months. And that is pretty typical. And so I actually walked through um, in this talk, I walked through a graph of like how much contact I had with, with the buyer, which at the time was lead pages, um, and talked about some of the decisions. I, obviously, I can't divulge numbers and everything because of being under NDA, but uh, so that's what the talk covered. And then it talked about the transition and kind of moving to, um, you know, to Minneapolis and all that. So, all right. I do have one joke for you, just because Benedict asked, why shouldn't you take a broken spear into a fight? because it's pointless. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that. Okay, um, Ken Wallace asks, what happened to the duck boat site? So he's referring to, you know, when I, when I first started, so the, the title of this talk is From Beach Towels to uh, Successful Exit, because one of my early sites was an e-commerce e dropshipping site that sold beach towels. And I got that around, I'd say 2008 or nine, and I owned it for about two, three years, and then sold it when it just didn't make sense to own it anymore. By the time I was doing SaaS and having success with it, it didn't make sense to manage a little e-commerce brand. I also had some info products um, that I had written myself, some eBooks and courses and stuff, but I had acquired a couple info products. One was um, Bonsai, I forget what the domain was, it was like Beginner Bonsai or something. It was a Bonsai eBook that I acquired from like a Bonsai expert who didn't know how to market it. And so I used SEO to, to rank that. Same thing with this duck boat site. It was called DIY Duck Boat. And it was Duck Boat Plans. So if you're a duck hunter, it was plans. You could go to Home Depot, it's a shopping list and everything. And you could um, buy the stuff from Home Depot and make your own duck boat in whatever it was, like a couple days in your garage for three or $400 of material compared to buying one as thousands of dollars or whatever. So I acquired this and the, the guy had a ton of testimonials. People had videos of them like building it. I mean, it was a legit thing. And I bought it for a few hundred dollars and I got it up to about, I think it was like five or $600 a month in, in recurring revenue, just purely on organic search. And this comes back to a concept I often talk about of like, have that tool belt. You know, my tool belt at the time was organic search, a little bit of AdWords and being able to ranking those on top of each other and finding opportunities to use them. And duck boats was one of them. And of course, Sherry, my wife always made fun of me for it, but it, it, you know, we didn't have car payments at the time, but it could have made a car payment or two. So it was, it was like a joke, but, kind of, it was kind of cool. And so what happened to answer Ken's question is I wound up selling the duck boat site in 2014, I believe. Maybe it was even, no, it had to have been before that. I sold it, I had a tax bill that came through one year. And this was, it, it was 2010 or 2011 actually, because I, it was one of the first years that I made 
like a lot more money than I thought I would. Assets. Uh, I think I was about to acquire Hit Taylor. I just acquired it. And so I knew I could sell off some old stuff. And so I sold it for you know, whatever the multiple was and uh, used it to pay a tax bill. So I would have sold it anyways, right? I wouldn't still own it today. Um, those things become a distraction over time. So good to see you guys. Uh, yeah, in here. All right, Benedict, question. Would you start with something like beach towels again today? That's a really, it's a really good question. It comes back to the, you know, this stair-step approach um, that I talk about a lot, starting with kind of a simple product and, and making 500 or 1,000 or $2,000 a month and then stair-stepping that into the next one, into the next one, and um, you know, kind of, kind of eventually getting to SaaS. I don't know that I would do e-commerce today. I mean, e-commerce trying to write, trying to build software products that kind of weren't working in 2005 to 2009. I had done real estate investing. Um, uh oh, 